0: A story of coming face-to-face with the other side and addiction on this episode of Here For You. (laughs) You know what? I actually just started recording just at the moment where you (laughs) said that you were the talent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What were we talking about? Well, right now we were just kind of talking before our guest shows up. Yes. So. Well, you were kind of confessing. Oh
1: yeah, about, about theme stories.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't even have to like push you to tell us. <laughs> I just <laughs> I like that. how we're starting off with this tone. Um, I don't even know if I'm gonna keep this, but anyway, so we're talking about um, different times that I remember payment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> okay, so one time that I remember, I was already too old. <laughs> I was in seventh grade, okay, and it was like one of those, you know how you do like those um it's like celebrating 100 days of class is that is that i think so i think so yeah yeah so it was one of those things and we were outside and i was distracted and i was holding it and i was in a line for something and i didn't want to get off the line and we were doing the event like um in the the back of the school like it's not a yard you know the the, the what's it called playground yeah, yeah, that that and I was there and it was summer and I started to pee my pants. <laughs> like just... oh, You were online? Oh, yeah. I mean no. I was already out the line, so it's even stupider because I
1: couldn't <laughs> <I> was... <laughs> have to wait. I didn't even
0: have to wait anymore. <laughs> I could have just gone to the bathroom. I was holding it and then I knew I couldn't hold it anymore. And then I just started to slowly pee. So I was like, Oh god, I'm just gonna do it by my bed. <laughs>
1: like in the middle of the playground? Like you no, like I would hide
0: beside, behind like a bouncy house. They had like a bouncy house thing and I was kind of walking, hanging oh, out around okay. there. Yeah. And then it's summer. So I just stood out there to dry. Because <laughs> 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 you know how you feel gross when you pee your pants? If you still remember, yeah. considering you haven't peed your pants in years. Yeah. Um, I can imagine it. Though. <laughs> yeah. You know how you feel gross. So what <coughs> happened? Mm-hmm. And I was just, I was like, I'm just going to dry out. <laughs> so that's. One time I remember. Um, maybe
1: I'm thinking maybe we can make this an anthology. <laughs>
0: <laughs> one P
1: story per episode.
0: <laughs> <Is that laughs> the sad part is that I might have a few for the season. Like if I break it yeah. up, you know, that one time that I had the P kind of related incident twice in a day? I'm just going to save it up for later. Oh, the one we were talking yeah. about. That's two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: have two P ones. Really? Yeah. Past elementary no. <laughs> well yeah i mean <laughs> what's no <laughs> like it the, the the one i had when i was like the, the oldest i was was 12 so it's still kind of like a bit relatable age yeah not not shaming like other uh, is yeah, this shaming people, anyone by the way i mean the person who should be ashamed is not ashamed so
2: <laughs> 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 it's okay it happens to all of us mm. <laughs>
1: I guess we're gonna just change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> just change it, please.
0: <laughs> gifts. Oh, yes, yes. Gifts. We're waiting for your care package. Yeah, I'm not sure
1: when it's gonna arrive now, though. I'm I'm sure it'll definitely be in December. Christmas isn't about the gifts, Elise.
0: I told you right the other day, like, Cozy said that.
1: Aww.
0: You know, Sacha, though, she's about the presents, she's about baby Jesus. Oh, yeah, she did say it's about baby Jesus. She likes baby Jesus. The baby. The baby version. Okay. Not the adult not Jesus. The adult. <laughs> she said it very clearly, too. She's like, nah, the baby. The baby one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the baby one. Like, you can choose? Yeah, it's
0: like, she only, <laughs> she's ageist. What can I say? <laughs> How about, like, niño Jesus? Boy Jesus. Mm. I mean, we don't really know about boy Jesus. We only know about baby Jesus and then when he turns 12. Wait, what? Yeah, we don't know any of the little kid time. We only know the baby. We come back to Jesus when he's 12. Like, the story. Like, there's a story.
1: I don't I don't know why you keep on insisting. <laughs> what? To about, talking to me about <laughs> details. I don't know anything. What's this insisting? You're talking these things as if I was going to know. Yo, I don't know what you don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> That's what I know. I'm basing this off of like the freaking movies on like Univision and Telemundo. That- <laughs> and I remember that there's like, a little no, there- toddler Jesus.
0: No, there isn't. What <laughs> movie are you watching?
1: There's like little toddler Jesus.
0: No, there isn't. Yes, there, there never there has is. been.
1: Yes, there is.
0: Show me that. Show me that. <laughs> I can't What's believe it. the
1: names it? of the movies? I like, never- they're on TV. And- <laughs> like, the ones that when he <laughs> he's a little kid because he was cute.
0: They're on un- TV, like...
1: It's like when he goes to school, <laughs> and he has that teacher dude. What are you talking <laughs> about? Based on movies.
0: I, I need you... pop culture, Jesus. Like Freaking Telemundo, Jesus. What is this?
1: Exactly. But
0: yo, nobody gonna know what, what I'm talking about if they don't speak Spanish. <laughs> anyway,
1: yeah, I'm the worst. <laughs>
0: You let my kids too, they're asking me about some stuff and I'm just like, I try to explain it, but then they're like, that doesn't make sense. And I'm like, it's not, yeah, that's, it's not supposed to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so as I said, there's a baby Jesus and then there's a 12 year old, the tween Jesus. (laughs) And then the Justin Justin Bieber faces, I would like to call it.
1: Hashtag justice for toddler Jesus. (laughs) I just, I have no comments to add to religion stuff, because I don't know.
0: (laughs) You have to wait for someone else to get, like, a first communion or something so you can go to church. I can go what? To church. And then get triggered.
1: (laughs) And then get triggered at church.
0: (laughs) I always think, like, I want to go to the, to the, how do you call it in English? I forgot. Misa del Gallo. I no, have no clue. Is the one that m- midnight mass? Yeah, midnight mass. Oh, okay. My translation was gonna be not good, so it was gonna be a rooster. Rooster mass.
1: Mm, the worst one because I forgot what the word the, the word for rooster.
0: Were you gonna say cock? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what I don't want to say because 'cause to I'm say like, I'm, I'm Wait, another way, but I don't remember. Is that the first one that came to your mind? <laughs> yeah, because I forgot what oh, the word God. rooster. I never say those words. I mean, not even the other one, but like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm making this worse. <laughs> <laughs> What's a midnight mass? Is it's it a, a
0: midnight?
1: It's like <laughs> that's what I thought too. But it's Is like something special.
0: No, no, it's like the Christmas one. Oh, that's why it's at midnight. Yeah, but it's like it's. You can also go earlier. What? You can also go earlier, it doesn't have to be just at midnight. But like even with parents we never went. Yeah, I don't think we did. No, that the Christmas one never. Let's say needs to. Support. And it's just
1: like I don't like to be tied down, you know? <laughs> what? commitments every week. Yeah, I don't like that. Even either. though like but I do that for tennis and ping pong. <laughs> 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 Why are
0: you breathing weird? Carlos that you breathing weird? <laughs>
1: Um, I'm sick, so I can't help it. Sorry, that's
0: that's grosser <sighs> somehow. You've been a mouth I
1: I'm I also have the freaking deviated septum.
2: Oh. <coughs> a I little bit.
0: Oh yeah, so about that. Oh, no. I have a complaint. I have to file a complaint. Can you uh, store that in the complaint box? Okay, all right. Did, did he open the file, the complaint file?
1: Click, click.
0: All right. So we have a new computer, but I have been banned from it. This is this Why? is not funny. Like I actually got mad at this. Really, like, <laughs> you know. All right. So you know, I eat and type, right? <laughs>
1: did you get food all over the computer? Some no, like so. My husband. He, I can tell he's not the type of person yeah. who would like that. He's not like that. Have you seen how he yeah. reads books? Yeah. So I know we
0: I can, can hate tell it. I hate him like that. No, yeah, he doesn't like that. I, like I actually blame I put it on him too. I was like, no, because you're really picky about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, he's like, you can use a computer too. Okay, so you now have a new watch, right? The mm-hmm. Apple Watch, and then he's he's he he bought a new MacBook. Oh, do I see that? the guest line work okay so let's wait um and um so you know like he was using the, ma- the the computer for like putting in some stuff and like for like tax stuff or something and then he's like oh it doesn't work because also a bird our bird bit it so <laughs> uh-huh. so the key doesn't really work well and um And he's like, you can use the computer, too. Because I was like, how come I get this shit computer? Like, I was really making, I was actually kind of pissed. Do you mean? He's like, you can use this computer, too. And I was like, no, I don't want to. Because I know how you're going to (laughs) be. And he's like, well, just don't eat at the same time. (laughs) Just you leave the computer greasy. And that's not good. And I'm like, you know what, your standards? (laughs) Okay, I literally said, I literally said, that's because my <laughs> I can't even get through it. I said my standards are lower, <laughs> are lower than yours. I said this is a straight face. My standards are lower than yours, and uh... you're
3: banned from the computer.
0: Oh hi! Yes, so getting into the proper mode. Uh, new year, new podcast. My name is Elise, and here is my sister Carol. And Carol. <laughs> and uh, today we have a guest who's our first guest thank you very much for being here yeah um his name uh gayo so this is our first guest ever i'm very happy and actually relieved that you are actually you know here because we have the whole problem with the different time zones um so i'm in japan my sister's on the east coast of the united states and you're in a different time zone
3: west coast yeah
0: yeah, so we were able to meet up properly uh, at a good time. So thank you very much for that. So let me just get started a little bit. I didn't ask you too many details about what you were going to tell us today. But um, as far as I want to introduce is that it's you have lived a very interesting life so far <laughs> from, what, from what I can gather. And you're here to tell us a crazy story Um out of uh, a, uh, a few that you gave me uh, the chance to pick out of. And I told you which one I, I have personal interest in, but of course this is, you know, your life and these are your stories.
3: So I forgot that's what it was because there was, there was a couple of lists because I was on Reddit just spamming all the, hey, yeah, sure, I'll be a guest, I'll be a guest. I will be a guest i did look at the email then.
0: Yeah, there were a lot there and I was like, wow, that's Ooh. a lot to choose from.
3: I know, that was on Reddit that I gave the list.
0: Oh, okay. Is it okay if I say it?
3: Yeah, go ahead and say it. R- rattle them off and then I'll pick one or whatever okay. whichever you're interested in, yeah.
0: Well the first one that I, I saw that caught my eye, well they like I said, they're all you know, uh, <laughs> pretty interesting sounding to say the least, but uh, um oh so you know, my sister's here. This is my sister. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's coming in blind to this. Oh, so she's yeah, a I freshest... don't know
1: think about the stories.
0: <laughs> she's the freshest pair okay. of ears here. Um,
2: gotcha.
0: Yeah, so the I didn't show her the list either, so I wrote to you that the one that, if I can start off talking with you about it, is uh, you had a near-death experience.
3: Yes. Well, I've had a few times wow. that I should have died, but the only one that had like a near-death experience, that, like I remember something happening when I was out or uh, unconscious.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, so you got to that point. If I could ask you, what was the age when this um, happened?
3: That was...
0: Well, one well. of the different ones that you've had.
3: Yeah. Let's see. That one, the only one that I've had a near-death experience where, like I said, I had um, something that I remember happening when I was unconscious. I was 30. No, I was 30. I was 30. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
3: That was with the motorcycle accident. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. So, and that was my second big one. So... I'd always been the type of guy that just didn't wear motorcycle helmets. I'm just didn't, you know, I was too cool to wear one or whatever. And every accident I've been in, I've gone from no helmet to a novelty helmet, which is basically just a, a thing that's on your head that looks like a helmet, but it gives no protection. It's not rated. Mm. Uh, then I went to a actual half helmet, then to a three quarter helmet, then to a modular. And now I have a full face. So each upgrade of helmets was after a motorcycle accident. Wow. Um, yeah.
0: Well, first and, of all, I didn't know that there were that many types of helmets.
3: Oh, yeah. There's there's all kinds. So there's the kind that just kind of like just covers your head to the top of your head. There's three quarters, which it looks kind of like a football helmet with our American football uh-huh. without the grill. And then there's okay. full face, which is the one that the kind mm-hmm. of like the crotch rocket riders use.
2: Uh-huh. And then
3: there's modular, which is a full face, but the front of it kind of opens up so they can take a drink or eat their food or stop or look at something or take a breather that kind of opens up that way. Um, so the type of motorcycle I ride, it looks kind of like a Harley. Um, and this was head on with an 18 wheeler about 35 miles an hour. And, uh, that one I was, no, that one I was wearing no helmet. That's the one that made me start wearing helmets. Um, wow. Yeah, it was weird because a lot of it – I don't remember what happened up until – or after the accident because um, I remember getting to a stoplight and then leaving. Everything else is kind of what I put together from police reports of okay. what happened physically and um, what, and from reports of uh, right. witnesses. So to the witnesses, it looked like somebody grabbed my leg and swung me around. I don't know if you've seen like old cartoons where uh. –
2: um,
3: like Bam Bam from from the Flintstones would grab something and, or an adult and just kind of mm-hmm. swing them back and forth. Yeah, um, yeah. They said that it just kind of looked like I got swung in the air from my leg, like somebody grabbed my leg and swung me back. That's oh the best way to describe it. Um, so when I was out, I uh, hit the 18-wheeler, and then the traffic came up to me. So in the time it would take from having an accident and the cars coming to a stop and then someone getting out to – You know, oh my God, are you okay? I would guess that's 30 seconds to a minute. When I was, when I was out unconscious, it's um, difficult to describe because it felt like two things at once. It felt like a very long time, like Uh months. And at the same time, it felt like a split second. So Mm. it's, it's, there's a lot of that in this story of, of the near death experience. So uh when i wake up in the unconscious part everything seemed very foggy and i was standing about a hundred meters about a football field away from um looked like a little source of light at first it looked like a star and when I would look at the the little dot of light i would get kind of sucked towards it like i was rushing straight to it but at the same time, it Ooh. felt like I was just floating. So it felt like I traveled that 100 meters in a split second. But at the same time, if I kind of looked to the side or didn't focus looking at the um, dot of light, it, it looked like I was just kind of floating through air. Or uh, if you're swimming in a lazy river in a, in a water park, you know you just kind of go real slow. But underwater, it was just kind of had that sensation of being... Slowly moved, so it, was, it felt slow and fast at the same time. Uh, when I got closer, I realized that the light was actually like a television set, like a, one of those old televisions from the eighties, um, or if you've seen The Matrix, kind of the the part where Neo gets arrested at first, and you see all those different screens where he's kind of in. Oh, okay, kind of it kind of became something like that where it was a bunch of screens within the television. Like if you're seeing um, a security camera, a bunch of different
2: mm-hmm. feeds. Right.
3: And uh, each one of the cameras or videos that I was seeing was either something I did or saw growing up or a movie wow. or television show that I watched as a kid growing up. So this is, again, it's very weird to try to explain it because it felt like, oh, I'm just looking at this feed of screens. And at the same time, I saw every speed clearly and every memory. I remember the entire day for that memory, or seeing the entire movie, or seeing four or five different episodes of, of the television show that was there. So it's, uh, it was, I forget how many, but it was like four across and five down, or, you know, it was roughly 16 to 20 different cameras or different videos that I was seeing. And it was just very weird to explain or say that, hey, every single camera that i saw i saw the entire day or the entire thing that happened on that on that video feed but i don't remember what happened it, it, it's like two in one
0: so it's like the scale of time somehow like changed mm-hmm. right
3: yeah yeah it was like a, a fraction of a second and then mm-hmm. also weeks on end um, mm. and it, it was very weird because in that moment I knew, okay, this is me looking back on my life, kind of how they say your life flashes before your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, kind of felt real that, oh yeah, I'm seeing my entire life or most of my life, um, uh, happening or the major events or, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, things that were fun, things that were boring, things that were, that made me mad, that made me sad and just TV shows, which is kind of weird. Like seeing a TV show or seeing a movie. Um, And when I tried to get away or figure out, okay, what's going on? Is there the light at the end of the tunnel or am I going to go somewhere? Um, I felt like someone was holding me in place, forcing me to watch everything. And when I would turn away, um, it felt like um, being in a planetarium where you see all the stars kind of move around. So in a sense, it was kind of like I was floating somewhere and there's a tv in front of me and if i look away from the tv i see that we're floating in in the in the space and galaxy and in the universe wherever like that was just kind of fast moving everything was kind of just flying around um and it was just kind of scary and calming at the same time so it, it was a very weird sensation to uh, feel that and, and in the moment i don't remember being scared or, or or happy or anything i just remember after i woke up that i had a bunch of a rush of feelings that oh this is what i felt in that in the moment i did i didn't feel anything i don't remember being afraid or angry while i was unconscious uh-huh. it's when i woke up that i that i had like oh hey all those feelings you had in there now you're going to have them right now and it oh. was um just, just scary to, to have that kind of emotions because as a male, especially back then, I didn't understand my feelings very well. Uh-huh. I just knew happy, angry, and sad. That's it. Right. If it's anything more complicated, like anxiety or fear, or whatever, mm. it didn't make sense to me.
2: Mm-hmm. And so getting
3: a whole bunch of different feelings at once was scary. Um, and what woke me up was uh, this lady who's just screaming oh my god he's dead he's dead he's dead oh, god. and so when i sit up i'm like oh shit i ran over someone that's what i thought that i ran over someone and killed mm-hmm. them somehow they got between the motorcycle and the 18-wheeler um and i'm just kind of walking around in a daze uh, the emt show up and uh, they're looking for the person you know hey where's the where's the motorcycle rider and I'm, it's me and they look at me, and they look at the, the motorcycle, which was totaled. Uh, they're like, how How did you walk away? Where's your helmet? I was like, I didn't have one. I'm, I'm, it was just me. All I had was a cut over my eye and uh, some scrapes on my forearm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then later on, my left hand swollen up like a small cantaloupe. But
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, that was kind of like the biggest thing that happened.
0: Wow so uh, what it sounds like is that when you were having uh when you were seeing these things you were more like a passive element in it and then when you woke up suddenly everything just just crashed into you like in all these overwhelming feelings when you so according to what you you tell me is that your body wasn't that uh didn't didn't uh have that much uh trauma to it that's that's very, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, according to, to the way that your your bike crashed and everything, you should have had at least something broken or something like that. You know? Oh,
3: yeah. I should have broken stuff or mm. not been here because we're talking yeah, 35 miles an hour up against a couple of tons of something that's mm-hmm. coming at me. So the impact should have, it should have been like falling off of a couple. of. I forgot what the... Um, the investigators said something like yeah it was like if you fell off a 11-story building or a nine story an odd number oh,
2: wow.
0: and right. then i
3: survived falling the off a building essentially
0: so maybe you um, did it so i'm guessing like it rattled you at least inside your your brain you know like it must have something happened
3: oh yeah it could have been dangerous I had, right um concussion or now they're called tbi traumatic brain injuries huh. uh, i've had several which have affected my memory in a in an odd sense so I remember things I've done or things that I, uh, or my past. But when I think about it, I was like, that doesn't seem like me. Like that sounds like the story of another person.
2: Like, right. I know
3: it happened to me because there's Facebook posts or Instagram or MySpace or whatever that I did back then. And if I look at it, Oh yeah, I remember doing it or going somewhere being in this place, but I don't remember the day. I don't remember who I was with. I don't remember the other things that were with there. And if I think about it, I was like, that that doesn't sound like who I am. It doesn't sound like it's something I would do.
0: So this information that you see from the outside, it helps you. Have you found these things changed your personality or from from other people, that have they told you that your personality has also changed?
3: No, my personality has kind of roughly stayed the same. Um, <laughs> so another thing or another aspect is that I am or was, depending on how you see it, is I... I'm a recovering intercourse addict. Um, okay. I used to sleep around with women left and right. It didn't matter to me uh, how good they looked or how old they were, or as far old ways, like if they could be in their sixties, I didn't care. Just, I needed to sleep with the woman. Right. Um, and hearing or knowing that I did that is kind of like, that's not my personality. Yes, I do certain things in the bedroom, but uh, it just doesn't seem in my character to, Just sleep with whoever I can just because I can. And um, if you can tell from, I guess, my profile pictures, anywhere you see, I kind of look like a typical bad boy. So I use that to my advantage that women generally, not all, but a lot of women generally like or gravitate towards a bad boy look. So that helped me in a sense. But um, Mm -hmm. realizing that my value as a person, because it was trying to understand all these different things that happened to me because I don't have a good memory of having to go back and trying to, um, piece things together, uh, realizing that using women isn't the best way to live your life. And even though they didn't have any complaints about, you know, being a partner of mine, um, it's the way I treated them after I didn't treat them like a human or as a person, if they didn't want to do something, I would just find someone else because it was easy enough for me to find a new partner. Than to put in the effort to keep her happy, to keep seeing her because she wanted to hang out and not have sex.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So it seems that, you know, maybe at the time, at least you were at least living through it as if, like, people, well, women, as you said, like, could be disposable if you couldn't get that rush that you were looking for. That like you needed to, it sounds like you needed to be at a certain level of a rush. To feel satisfied, instead of going um, through all the things, or or it, how would you it feel? It wasn't
3: always. It wasn't always about the satisfaction, or at least not the satisfaction, or having to do different things to be satisfied. Right. Because I could finish, so to speak, um, no matter what she looked like or what was going on. It was just more of finding someone new. That was always the oh, okay. The intriguing thing is is someone new. Once I've um, gotten to a point with a partner that they don't want to do anything new or crazy or what I would consider fun. Then I was like, well, now you're boring to me. And now I would not care about them as a person. Now I wouldn't be nice to them because I knew me being a jerk, they would move on Mm. and I wouldn't have to quote unquote break up, you know, because we weren't together, but I didn't have to have a conversation. Okay. I don't want to see you anymore. I'm going to go see someone else, which I was seeing other women anyways. So it was, just a matter of them finding out or me being sloppy and letting them find out and letting them get mad so they wouldn't want to see me, which is whatever. I already have a new one. You go be mad. So very much machismo in part of my upbringing and the way I dealt with things.
2: So is
0: there anything in your life specifically that you would say uh, made you look back or see your behavior at the time and decide that you would like to change it?
3: Um, (laughs) well, if
0: that's okay,
3: (laughs) no, no, yeah, it's fine. I have no problem talking about it. It's just kind of, it's funny because, um, it's not like I chose, oh, Hey, I'm being a jerk. I should be nice to women. It was, uh, just a random event where I was going to a celebrate recovery, which is a Christian based kind of like AA SAA. N.A. narcotics. So narcotics, sex, alcohol, um, but then other things too, like uh, codependency, uh, love addiction, food addiction, um, all kind of all on one umbrella in one location at different churches. So you didn't have to be uh, Christian or whatever denomination it was. It just, you just had to hear a passage from the Bible or maybe a couple of verses and a lot of things kind of intermingled there. But then it would push you to, work into small groups and go into, um, so at first it'd be everyone, uh, male, females, everybody would show up to the big group meeting, hear a story, either a, a Bible passage or someone sharing, Hey, this is what I used to do. Now I'm a better person. Thanks to celebrate recovery. And, you know, I'm living proof that you can be better too. Right. And, uh, every week it was either someone in person or it would be, um, a video of someone that they recorded their, their story. And for me, most of the time it was just like, okay, yeah, whatever. Let's just kill time because I was there to help a friend be able to leave um, at the end of the group meetings. She was such a people pleaser that she couldn't say no and they'd always ask her to help clean up. So when we would be finished at eight or most people would leave at eight and she would be stuck there cleaning till 10, 1030 at night. So I would go. So be able to say, oh, hey, look, we got to go because we're trying to catch a nine o'clock movie. And so we got to leave now. We can't, sorry, we can't stay and help. Um, mm-hmm. And that was kind of the purpose of me going in the beginning. So I was just kind of going and just going through the motions, pretending I had a problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, one day I heard <laughs> okay. a guy tell a story about, um, you know, because at the time I didn't even think I had a problem. Like, I'm just a man. Like, this is my job as a man is to just sleep with as many women as possible. And, uh, this one guy, he told a story about being a drug addict and all the reasons he gave because he had a bad day, he was trying to feel better, um, You know, he, he didn't get a promotion, or someone hurt his feelings, or you know things that he internalized or didn't know how to process, he just went and escaped with drugs. And those reasons that he gave were the same ones I used to go have sex, to go find a new woman, to find something new, to have a new challenge, because focusing on finding a new woman, something that I knew I could do is easier for me than to deal with whatever emotional pain or trauma that I felt. Right. And, uh, realizing that I was like, Oh shit, sex addicts is a real thing. It isn't something made up that celebrities say so that they can get another chance and not have to pay alimony. Like I really thought it was just something made up, That there's no such thing as sex addicts. Who isn't really a sex addict? Cause everybody likes sex, right? Right, right. But, um, yeah, and then realizing that I had to come to terms, okay, do I want to fix it? Oh, I can just, I can do it on my own. I don't need any help. And then realizing that I did need help.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. It could be said that sometimes people pathologize certain behavior, but in your case, you felt that it really was the same type of, of mm-hmm. thought pattern of an addict, right? That you need a help yes. for this, you couldn't stop this behavior. Wow, and after you were able to start to keep this a little bit under control, did you see your relationships change?
3: Um. Yes. So beforehand, my relationships, I didn't, I didn't really care. So I only had two major relationships in my life before then, or during the time that I was an intercourse addict. Uh, one was with the next fiance, which, uh, in a sense, I kind of blame her for my intercourse addiction and it's not her fault per se it's more of uh, she was a catalyst because uh, I confronted her about cheating on me and she laughed and said yeah I'm cheating on you and I literally thought about killing her and her entire family that instant the only reason I was going to kill her or thought about killing her family was because she said yes in front of them and so if I killed her right then and there I had to kill the witnesses and that was my thought process in the moment at 17-18 and i thought crap a dozen people know that i'm here everybody knows that i come on fridays to pick her up to go out on a date so even if i do get away right now they're gonna know it was me so no i'm not gonna do that um and so my next thought was okay fine i'm gonna hook up with her friends her coworkers, one of her cousins that always eyes me Um, I'm going to sleep with as many women as I can and throw it in her face when I hit 100. Like I'm going to sleep with 100 women and throw it in her face. And then years later, actually after um, I went through my recovery process, went through the steps, um, and then got back in touch with her, I found out that she didn't cheat on me. She was using drugs. She was on cocaine. And she didn't want to admit to that in front of her parents. So she figured she can say she was cheating and I would forgive her for cheating because she knew that I didn't have, I didn't like anybody that did drugs. Like if you were a drug addict, I thought you were a piece of shit. You know, you deserve to die. You deserve to OD, whatever happens to you, you know, you're just a waste of life. That was my thought about people that use drugs. Mm-hmm. So she knew that and she knew that I wouldn't forgive her for using drugs. So she thought, Oh, well, I'll just say I'm cheating or agree to him that I'm cheating because I noticed her behavior was different. And it wasn't because she was cheating. It was because she was on drugs. It was just she was a different person.
2: Uh Um,
3: And so this whole time I was kind of like basing my revenge on a lie. And then while I was getting my quote unquote revenge, oh, this is fun. You know, playing with different women all the time, you know, a a new girl a day, basically. Uh, Don't have to worry about my life. Don't have to worry about anything. This is fun. This is me being a man, whatever. Just always justifying and making excuses for what I was doing.
0: First of all, I'm really sorry that that happened in front of other people. Even if it was fake, it must have been. It must have really hurt your pride as a person, not necessarily as a man. Yeah. When you found out that it is that it wasn't real, did you ever? uh, Yeah, we we still
3: talk uh, maybe once a year, twice a year, Um, or just depends. Like some years, it's two or three times a year, and then we'll go three years without talking. So kind of, but it averages out to about once or twice a year. Uh, and it's just, we're civil to each other. You know, she's doing her own thing and, you know, sometimes she'll have a conversation or try to have a conversation of, you know, well, what if, or what do you think would happen? Or do you think we'd still be together and blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, I know myself now that it wouldn't, when it would not have been the case because I was already planning on breaking up with her. Um, once I'd left in the army, because I didn't want to get married And only have been with one woman. Like I wanted to not get married until I'd been with at least a couple other women. I was more upset that she beat me to the punch, so to speak. Like like she cheated on me or she had other partners before I had other partners. Right. So, you know, it was a little bit of a combination of other things, which later turns out that she didn't have any other partners until she found out or knew later that I was in fact cheating, so.
0: Well, in the email, you mentioned about two things um, that are coming to my mind right now. Machismo. And why it's important to have male role models, and yes. how is that? Why would you like to tell us about that, if it's if it's okay?
2: Yeah, of course. Sounds like um, it's
0: related to this.
3: It is. So, machismo, there's as most Latinos would know, is kind of like you know, I, the man gets to do whatever he wants. He runs the house, and you know what he says is law. Carl's getting triggered, kind of <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's kind of like the television mainstream bad version of it. Uh, machismo, from a thesis study that I read that was done in 1980, is that machismo was the Mexican version of gallantry of or of being a caballero,
2: mm. and because
3: we were influenced from the Spaniards and the, the caste system or class system uh, that they had there. And having to be a gentleman and and being cordial and being proper and being chivalrous, you know, it was the um, Latin American version of it. And it's the, the basis or the proper version of it is taking care of your family, providing for your family, but being treated as a king. And the way it kind of kept being perpetuated is that the boys are treated like, you know, peasants, they're, you know beaten and ridiculed and everything to toughen them up, so to speak. Right. Right. But the daughters are treated as princesses and the wife is treated as a queen she's taken care of. And she takes, she runs the house, she takes care of the house because the house is hers. But Mm -hmm. when the husband comes home, he's taken care of. Dinner is served when he gets home, not when everybody's hungry. Uh, the house is taken care of. The house is clean, food is prepped, all the other things. So he doesn't have to do anything once he gets home. Um, that's his reward for providing and taking care of the family. It later became kind of bastardized because of the industrial revolution, because of the way things change, because you're not working, you know, not everybody's a campesino, not everybody's out in the fields working and, and, you know, doing stuff at home in the yard to come in and to eat, you know, and now it's going out to work, going out to do other things. And in that, it became bastardized to what we most commonly know that the man provides for the family and because he does that his reward is to if he wants to hook up on the side and the rules for that are kind of like the catholic rules for sex outside of marriage so you're not supposed to have sex outside of marriage if you're catholic but if you do have sex outside of marriage you're not supposed to wear a condom because you're preventing a a, a soul from entering the world.
2: Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) If you
3: do get pregnant, well, can't have an abortion. So you have to have that kid. So now you have to get married. So there's always the rules. You're not supposed to do something, but if you do something wrong, you can get away with it as long as you don't do this and you don't do that. And so there's always these excuses for all these things that you can and can't do with Catholicism, the same with machismo. You're not supposed to have a girlfriend. You can have, you know, a side piece or a hookup buddy or whatever, but you can't, she can't be your girlfriend. But if she is your girlfriend, you can't fall in love. And if you do have a girlfriend, you can't get her pregnant. If she does get pregnant, well, then the kid can't come around. Like, she can't, you can't find out anything. So, you know, then you have this funeral and you have, like, four or five kids and three or four oh women show up. And you're like, what the hell is going on?
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and actually um, – with, you know, in our case, too, our family, you know, we're Hispanic, too, and mm-hmm. we've seen literally what you have said, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, Carol? Like, the whole thing yeah. about even in a funeral, there's people showing up, and then there's these, uh, you know, unfortunately, there's fights, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it just detracts from the whole thing, right? Like, it's, it's crazy what you're saying. Uh, I mean, it's not, what you're saying is not crazy. What you're telling us is something that is true, which is crazy um
3: just having to face it so blatantly at one time yeah it's it's not but you know the little things oh it's okay because you know he doesn't love her oh it's okay because you know he doesn't he doesn't buy those kids you know good christmas presents or he doesn't buy them birthday mm -hmm. presents and then you find out you know he's they've got a porsche or vw or whatever nice and fancy but um you know and then it's all the machismo that i grew up with um as a kid in the '80s. So. I didn't grow up listening to 80s music in the U.S. I grew up listening to um, old Spanish ballads, you know, Jose Jose Miguel Gallardo, yeah. Luis, uh, Jose Luis Guerra, you know, all these balladeers that would sing all these different songs. And for the non-Latinos that are listening, um, most of the songs kind of fall into three categories. I love you. I want you so much. I can't wait to have you. I want you in my arms. You're the, you're the love of my life. And why aren't you my girlfriend? Why aren't you my woman? Right. The second one is um, you had your chance to be with me or we were together and we broke up and, you know, now you can go fuck yourself because I'm doing good. Um, <laughs> example is like Juan Gabriel Caray. And then the last one is yeah, I'm cheating on you. So what? Deal with it. Period. If you don't like it, you know, I got this side piece that's not going to complain about what I do. And that those are the three typical songs in Spanish ballads. There's more variation or subgenres of it. But for the most part, those are the three types of songs you can always hear. And of course, I grew up listening to all of that. And so when I went to middle school and I realized, oh, hey, girls are pretty and I want to do something with them. <clears throat> other boys, American guys, you know, they're telling girls, roses are red, violets are blue, blah, 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 whatever, right? <laughs> and here I am, you know, at 11 or 12 years old telling other girls, I want to find, I want to quench the thirst in my soul with your
0: lips. <laughs> so you got material. All I'm, doing is just
3: trans- I'm just translating <laughs> me. <I'm just> translating- <laughs> All I'm doing is just translating lyrics from Spanish to English. Just random crap that sounds like, Oh my God, he's such a deep and intelligent, uh, emotionally intelligent guy for, you know, 12. Oh my God. You know, let's do something. Let's make out. Let's whatever. Right. Um, and so, you know, being successful with girls in middle school, where most guys are afraid to even just say hi. Mm-hmm. And here I am, you know, doing almost almost everything with the girl. Um, just made it easy for me to exp- – the worst thing a girl can say is no, or you no, fuck off, right? But usually it's, oh, no, I have a boyfriend. Oh, no, um, I'm not interested or I just broke up or whatever. It's usually something nice, but it's not a bad no. It's just no, whatever. Um, there's still mother woman they can ask. So that's what made it easy for me to just kind of – move into or fall into being an intercourse addict plus um my father and my stepdad you know both would always brag to their friends oh man you know at five years old he got a girl to to raise her skirt and drop her panties and uh. at six he saw a, uh, a locker room full of naked women and you know they didn't even kick him out they let him stay in there blah 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 so all of these stories right. like that you know it was like oh yeah you know He's already a man, or he's more of a man than your son, and da 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 da. da. So that's always reinforced positive reinforcement of bad behavior. Well, fine, that's what I need to do to be a man, and all these other guys are going to want to be like me. So,
0: right, Carol, remember when we were talking about before about hearing family stories? <laughs> remember, and we hear them, and we're like, oh, okay, we're just listening to them. Sometimes when you go back and you actually really Oh, think about it. Think about it. Or oh, when there's another person that's not part of the family circle is present, you start hearing it, like, oh, wait, this is not good. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's when you start realizing, oh, like, these things that I've been hearing are, you know, not really normal. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> or not the what?
1: best. You don't do that? Yeah, oh
3: yeah. God, what's yeah.
1: Wrong
3: with you? And then you're like, wait, is there something wrong with me? <laughs> no. Something's wrong with you, because you don't do it, you know? Right. So, yeah.
0: And the yeah. whole thing about boys and people bragging about that, yeah, it is true. I, I think... Because, you know, uh, Carol and I, you know, being girls, whatever, like the women go to one side, you stand by the mm-hmm. kitchen, and you talk, and you hear about all the good stuff, but then the men go to the other side, <laughs> <laughs> and then they talk about stuff, and I could kind of over- overhear a little bit, that, that attitude a little bit, but I think yeah. because we were girls, they usually wouldn't say those kind of things in front of us, but you could kind of yeah. overhear, and what you're saying, like,
3: checks out. Yeah, because they'd always stop as soon as you oh, the girls, you know, the girls are there and, you know, and and it's not even, I I think it's a twofold thing. So it's one, it's protecting the girls because again, the girls are princesses, the girls should be treated as queens, the girls should be taken care of
2: Mm -hmm. unless
3: they're a sucia and then, you know, they're, (laughs) they're a disgrace to the family and they shouldn't be here, but whatever, we're not going to talk about her because she's so-and-so's cousin or so-and-so's sister or whatever.
2: Right. But
3: for the most part, you know, it's also part of the culture of like, hey, the my woman is my prize. No one gets to look at her. No one should look at her. No one mm-hmm. should, you know, try to flirt with her. So, you know, the separation of the sexes at parties is kind of a built in way to keep other guys from trying to hit on your woman because traditionally, you know, the parties, everyone was was separated. Other than the kids, kids, boys and girls would play together. But once you're 10, 11, or 12, when you know you're kind of interested, nope, get the guy No, no, you don't go inside. What are you, little faggot? Are you a little bitch? did What the fuck are you doing going inside with the kitchen? Yeah. And you know, the girl is kind of the same thing. Like, no, go out, don't go out there because you're going to think you're a sucia. They're going to think you're a cochina. They're going to think you're this. They're going to think you're that. So you stay in here in the kitchen with us. So mm-hmm. it's more, it's not just um, the, the the culture, but it's also protection of your reputation because that's right. the worst thing that could happen is for you to have a bad reputation.
0: Yes. It, so it's mm-hmm. not just a natural flow. Like we... Maybe, um, I don't know how to say, like maybe in a healthier quote-unquote quote, way, it could be like a natural flow of things. But um, yeah, it, in an, if you see the most negative part of it, as you said, it could be that, you know, that forceful separation of genders to keep some type of status quo going on. And in the end, it affects everyone in a negative way, as you said, you know, like mm. the women suffer... Because of the whole thing with the reputation and themselves, how they're they're seen and treated, and basically, if you're seen as like a you know like a slur or whatever, like a sucia, you said like you kind of get stuck in that too. And yeah. if you're a boy and you get the positive reinforcement, as you said, from this other type of behavior, it's easy to fall into that pattern and to not recognize when it's actually a problem. You know how like drinking, like uh, sorry, uh-huh. I'm just talking about from from my point of view, like. Drinking when it, it's encouraged a lot in the culture too. Every, you uh-huh. know, it's okay, but some people can take it too far and just hit the bottle a lot. And because uh-huh. you see it around you, you're like, Oh, I'm fine. And then it's like, No, you're the one that's just throwing up everywhere, blacking out. And you can't go to work because you're drunk. <laughs> that's when you know it's like, oh, you have a problem. You know, like everyone else. You know.
3: Yeah, but I didn't have an accident or I didn't get a DUI, so it's not that bad. It's not a problem because you know there's always the the excuses. There's always a you know, yeah, but no, it's okay. It's okay because you know I, it, this didn't happen because I'm not in jail, so it's still okay. You know, that's right. kind of the the concept or the the idea that keeps getting perpetuated.
0: Right. It, it becomes a cycle and it affects everyone in a different way. But in the end, everybody mm-hmm. gets hurt. Do you think that had anything to do with the fact that you weren't really using a helmet? <laughs> like, uh, uh, You know, usually it could be, I mean, not usually, I could, I could think that it, it could be like some type of way that you feel like you didn't need to because you're strong or something like that. Do you think that had mm-hmm. anything to do with that?
3: I really hadn't thought about it. I just knew that, Part of it was like oh, I'm too cool for a helmet. Like ah, I don't look cool with the no. helmet on. I look st- or I look stupid with the helmet on. So that that, that was part of it.
2: Right. Um,
3: I, I don't think it was so much you know machismo that was uh, you know mm-hmm. oh he you know real men don't wear helmets. It wasn't that wasn't a thought process okay. that wasn't part of the equation. It was just you know mm-hmm. looking cool and a pain in the ass because in Texas the it, it's super hot almost all year round. You know up until mm-hmm. November then it's finally like seventy degrees or.
2: You know, wow. 60,
3: low of 50, whatever. And so, you know, all year round putting on a helmet is just, it's even more heat. It's even hotter and it's more uncomfortable. So uh, it wasn't until later. It's like, yeah, I'd rather sweat a little bit and have more protection than, um, you know, look cool and, you know, shred all my skin off. So, wow.
0: <clears throat> so you said you've had more than one accident. These have all been mostly on motorcycles.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I've had so many near-death situations. Um, I've nearly drowned a bunch of times. I've been in a couple of car accidents. I've been held at knife point, at gunpoint.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Um, And all this kind of circles back a little bit, not to near death, but kind of um, paranormal, supernatural. Okay. Um, I feel like something, some entity out there is protecting me, watching over me, making sure I'm still here. Mm. Um, I have no proof of of this other than, you know, having nearly died so many times, Mm -hmm. um, as a kid or as a teenager, especially in like in the nineties with all the gang violence in, um, in the U S um, you know, I'd I'd been shot at, not that I was a target, but just I was walking around when a drive by started and I was shot at or near gunshots, um, several times and i always thought okay i'm never going to see 20 like i'm never going to be old enough to drink so i really didn't care what happened to me um i'd gotten jumped i'd gotten mugged um, i'd gotten into fights because other guys weren't as successful with girls and most of these girls that i was doing dirty things with um you know they were somebody's sister they were somebody's cousin or you know a girl some gangster wanted to talk to and she wouldn't talk to him because you know He's an asshole. He's a jerk, but I'm nice to her or whatever. And so then they get mad at me because I'm over here doing what they want to do. And so it'd always be stupid things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, 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 paranormal tie in, um, and then also with my memory, I, I don't remember exactly everything that happened. I know when my mother passed away, I went to go with my father. He told me a story that when I was about four or five, he was walking down the hallway and heard me talking when I was in the, in the bathtub. And uh, he kind of listened and like, it was a conversation that, you know, one-sided conversation. And so he walks in he goes, boy, who are you talking to? And um, I'm talking to grandpa. And he's like, Oh, okay. So you're talking to, um, Abuelo Chulo. and I'm like, no, I'm talking to your father. He, and, uh, when he told me the story, he said that his, he felt his uh, chill down his spine. He was like, Oh, you are. Okay. And then I told him what he was wearing and what he looked like. And I described what he was wearing at his funeral, what his, uh, his suit and tie and everything. And my father's father died before he even met my mom, so there's no way mm-hmm. I could have mm-hmm. like had some type of memory that I talked to him or saw him and then just kept talking. to So,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, uh, and I don't remember what my father told me, just that I told him and your father told me to tell you blah 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 blah. You know that uh, he's proud of you for X Y or Z or something. Whatever it was that I told him. He told me then, but now I don't remember what he said or what I what I told my father.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And then, um, so I knew there was kind of like something where I used to talk to spirits. And I don't remember that incident, but I do remember a couple years later after my parents got divorced, and my father would come pick me up. And then every uh, every time he picked me up, I'd go 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 with him, and then go hang out with one of my aunts. And then the next time he picked me up, we'd go hang out at another aunt's house. And so every uh, weekend, there would be a different aunt's house that we'd go visit. And one of my aunts, the oldest one, uh, I'd asked her for a pickle. And remember, I'm like five or six. And I say, hey, Tia, I want a pickle, but can you put it on a fork so I don't get my fingers sticky?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, what kid on earth <laughs> gives a shit about sticky fingers?
2: Right?
0: Even I don't. I was telling you if I have a computer, I got bounced. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right? <laughs> Well, especially kids right there yeah, of
2: course yeah, yeah.
3: and so my aunt freaked the fuck out i remember her grabbing me and shaking me like who told you that blah 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 and, you know shaking me and, and you know wanting to know who said that and where did i get this idea from because my grandfather hated having his fingers dirty sticky oh. dirty anything right and so basically i do remember like someone told me hey ask for a pickle but get it on a, on a fork so you don't get your fingers sticky right Mm-hmm. um so that i do remember and so that kind of like ties in okay yeah i was talking to some type of entity yes I fast see. forward to covid um there's a you know a, a playmate that i had and know it's been my nights with her every now and again and okay
0: um, <laughs> <Yeah. one laughs> i was night, thinking
3: something else i okay. mean i don't i don't i don't know how how nsfw like how much i can cuss on here or whatever like, uh, this you is you can cuss
0: it's fine it's fine
2: okay
3: yeah so yeah this, this girl i was hooking up with you know i uh, spent the night with her and uh, she was kind of half asleep, half awake. And I, you know, we finished having fun. So she was going to sleep and um, I was just playing on my phone. And then he starts talking all croggy, like she's talking in her sleep and she, you know, just kind of having a conversation. And she's like, Hey, you, you so she sounded like she was drunk, like just kind of slurring and real slow. And um, part of what came out was uh, what was it? One, it sounded like it was my mother talking through her that she's proud of me. And then another part of the conversation kind of changed morphed into what you're asking for. The answer is yes. Right. And I'm like, the fuck? And there's no way she could know because I'm in my head, you know, it's, it's COVID and everybody's at home and okay. Trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to do at home? How am I going to entertain myself? And so at the time, and I hadn't told anyone, I was thinking, okay, I want to open up my third eye. I want to, uh, talk to whatever's out there, whether it be ghosts, spirits, whatever. Apparently I had this ability when I was a kid. I kind of remember that. So maybe I should figure out how to do it again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, every time I'd go to sleep, I'd kind of close my eyes and meditate. Okay. If there's anything out there that wants to talk to me, I'm, I'm open. You know, I, I want somebody to teach me. If there's anything out there that can teach me, you know, please do. And, uh, getting a little chills thinking about it. Um, he said, the answer is Yes. I'm like, okay, yes to what? And it was like, yes to the end to what you've been asking for before you go to sleep. I will help you. And they're like, okay, well, who are you? And she goes, It's not me. That's the like she was telling me that someone was talking to her to
2: oh, tell wow. me. Oh, And so then she
3: described, yeah. And so she described who it was, right? She described the person or the entity that was talking to her. And this is a white girl. Okay. White <laughs> woman. Okay.
2: Yeah.
3: And she described. A woman that looked like she had Day of the Dead face paint and a very floral, very colorful, open Mexican dress, Uh long black hair. And sometimes her face would look like a skull, and sometimes it would look like a woman that was just painted, like Dia de los Muertos, the sugar skull. Right. And, um, uh, you know, you could never see her face. You'd see the side of her face, and then when she turned, it just kind of get blurry and disappear and be something else. That so would kind of change from a human face to a skull and back and forth, whatever, when she was, and all she would do was dance. And this entity never talked to her. This entity just like made her feel like, okay, say this. And she would say what she thought she was feeling or relaying to me what she felt. She never heard any words. I'm like, what the fuck? How does white girl know about like, um, but, uh, Santa Muerte. Santa Muerte. Santa
0: Muerte. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. All right. So she's talking specifically about Santa Muerte. And I'm
2: like, okay, okay. All right.
3: Keep that in mind. Um, I have my own podcast, so I oh okay interviewing people, and on uh, one of the interviews, uh, this lady she was like, "Okay, look, I got to stop this conversation right now because someone there, you have." She was telling me that I have a lot of things around me that want to talk to me, that want to communicate with me. <laughs> the biggest one, the biggest personality, <laughs> the biggest entity was Santa Muerte, and this woman, she was. Uh, into uh, capoeira, which is like a Brazilian martial art. Mm. And in Brazil, Santa Muerte is kind of like a recognized entity, but they, um, it's it's something else. It's like Santeria and something else kind of mixed together. Right. Like they do. But, you know, they kind of recognize um, Santa Muerte and the, uh, the drug patron saint and all these other like kind of bad entities. And she's so like, look, you're asking for something or you want someone's help. I'm telling you, don't. Um, what was it? Don't pledge yourself to her. You know, get help, but don't say, like, for whatever reason, the way she said it to me. Because now I don't remember.
2: Right. But
3: essentially, is like, don't say you're going to do anything she tells you to do, mm-hmm. just so you can get your answer, whatever it is that I was looking for. Don't give up everything for just a little bit. Is what mm-hmm. she was saying,
2: right?
3: And I was like, how the fuck does she know? this? like, this isn't conversations I'm having with people. Like, oh, hey, I want to talk to Santa Muerte. And I want to, you know, open up my third eye. This is all internal dialogue all through COVID. And mm-hmm. so all of that was like, okay, something's out there. Something wants to talk to me. Something wants to protect me. Something's keeping me. here. So.
0: Yeah, because um, actually I was going to say, like, um, as far as I know, Santa Muerte, like, there, it really depends on... I guess the the person or the group of people how their perception is of her, if I could say her, um, this entity. Uh, some people even pray to Santa Muerte mm-hmm. and they ask for things. But it's kind of like I I don't I'm not uh, for me it sounds scary. And like, with my sister, we always talk about this kind of stuff. Like we <laughs> we grew up with hearing these things, and
2: mm-hmm.
0: we're like, I don't know what's out there, but we don't mess with it, right? <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. So, it, well, growing up for you, did you, were you taught or did you see this entity as something negative or maybe neutral or, you know, could go either way kind of thing?
3: Um, I really didn't hear or know much about her until maybe 2000s. Like, I, I was aware of seeing pictures and, and murals of like, it, to me, it looked like um, La Virgen, but right. just in a skull. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, that's kind of fucked up, you know, but whatever, you know. I don't like Catholicism, so you Mm -hmm. do whatever you want. I don't care. Um, And so for me, it wasn't like good or bad uh, from talking to people that are clairvoyant or talk to the other side. They're like, you know, she can be whatever she wants to be. People assign, oh, she's good or bad. And it's just her, whatever her mood is. Like, you know, if she wants to help you, she'll help you. She'll make you a billionaire. Or if she's in a bad mood, she'll kill you or make you homeless one or the other. Like, it's just more of her mood, whatever she's in the mood for. Like if you are entertaining to her or if you're a novelty to her, then, you know, she'll, um, do good for you just to keep you around because you're interesting. But once you're boring to her, then she doesn't care about you. That's my understanding from people that are more into this kind of stuff, but not specifically her just into paranormal into, or can talk to the other side or whatever. Right. And for me, it's just like, um, I know my personality, mm-hmm. and I'm like, um, it's very hard to motivate myself to do things. Like, I, I can try to bribe myself. Like, I know I need to eat healthy. I know to eat, um, uh, eat healthy, drink less soda, work out, blah blah blah. I know I need to do those things, but there's nothing I can trick myself to. Okay, I'm gonna set my alarm. Doesn't work. I'm gonna pay myself every time I work out. That doesn't work. I'm going to. Donate money to a charity. That doesn't work. There's nothing I can make myself or anyone can make me do to do something. Um, I'm just very stubborn in that sense. And so I'm like, well, fuck her. If she's not going to do for me when I want her to, then why the fuck should I do something for her if she may or may not help me? Fuck that. So I kind of gave up on the whole um, third eye uh, opening up to that side, like whatever. Yeah, I'm just going to live my life.
0: That's, I mean, that's the advice that you got from um, this person that you were talking to for your podcast. Which actually, I would like you to mention later a, a bit more about it. Um,
3: uh, that's actually more than one because there's there's okay. another woman that uh, she's into angels. She's very much she prays to angels. She knows like all the archangels and knows. Okay, if you have this, you pray to this one for that. And you pray to that one for the other thing, and you know. Uh, around Christmas time, as you pray to all of them and invite them in your home, and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, in the middle of a conversation, she's talking about angels. She's like, You have somebody with you. I'm like, What? And, you know, she's like mentioning Santa Muerte and other things that are around me. And I'm like, Shit. Like, what the fuck is going on that everybody else that are into this kind of thing know about it and are telling me, Hey, watch out for her. You know, be careful. So.
0: And do you think this has had anything to do with you being able, or, or how has it, how do you think it has to do with you being able to, every time, let's say, come back safe from almost dying? Somebody's uh, I, out there in a good way, taking, watching out for you. You feel, or they've told you.
3: I don't know. If, see, and that's that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. is Not everybody knows that you know. I've had a bunch of near death experiences or near death, um, near misses. Right. Uh, and so, with that, before I knew about the Santa Muerte stuff, so back in like 2011, 2012, um, I thought, okay, maybe it's God. Maybe it's JC Jesus. He wants <laughs> me to be a pastor. So I went to college to be oh. a pastor.
2: Oh, I wow. went
3: through three semesters and then ran out of money. I was like, okay, well, maybe God doesn't want me to be a pastor or something else, whatever. <laughs> so it ran out. Is it expensive? It's um,
0: yeah, uh, cheaper
3: than regular college. Okay. Yeah, it's. It was. Um, of course, I mean, college is expensive anyways, but right. I want to say it was like 3000 a semester. Huh. But, you know, 3000 mm-hmm. on top of like living expenses and yeah. all this other stuff, kind of like, yeah, and then trying to make time to study and whatever. So
2: up. Um, mm-hmm.
3: now I don't know if it's the same, but back then it wasn't too expensive. It wasn't terrible.
0: Okay. So you you thought maybe that that could be a path that, that life was po- pointing you toward?
3: Yeah, maybe there's an angel protecting me or maybe there's, you know, some... A Bramic, uh entity that's keeping an eye out for me and wants me to spread the word for them or do something for them. So, I guess I might as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, there's maybe something that's protecting me or watching out for me. What it is, who it is, no idea. What my purpose is, no idea. But, you know, I'm still here. So,
0: who knows? You know, we, we don't know how things work. Uh, we're just people. And <laughs> I, I think that there must be something out there that we're probably never, never going to be able to find out what it is or how it works. But I guess as long as it keeps you around, then it's good, isn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: um, now, I have a question. Um, have you – so you haven't really talked about this that much, or maybe in your podcast you've been you've been able to talk about I, I've, this? I brought it
3: up a couple of times, the paranormal stuff. Maybe right. – Let's see. So one, two, three, I've been on three podcasts where I talked to you about the paranormal or near, or the near death experience, like my grandfather thing, or talking about, um, you know, uh, the television and all the little screens. And then the nearly dying I've mentioned on my podcast, maybe a dozen times. Uh, but it's not something like hundreds of people know about. Well, through the podcast technically, but people in my personal life, Mm -hmm. uh,
0: Maybe three. I'm really glad that uh, you reached out to me to to tell me these things. They sound very, you know, they're very personal and and uh, not just about your life itself uh, s- story, but also about your own journey as a person, you know, how you've grown and how you've been putting effort to to change certain patterns. Now, I would like to ask you, uh, what made you want to share this story with us?
3: So, uh, part of it is a lot of times when I want to talk about sexual addiction, or when I go on uh, what is it uh, podcast guest exchange right. sub, mm-hmm. I'll you know post and hey you know I'm a former intercourse addict you know and I want to talk about mental health and the importance of you know uh, being more in tune with things because what's more accepted socially accepted is being a porn addict, but intercourse.
2: Cool. I'll get people.
3: Oh my! You know, I'll get like five or six producers. Oh my god! Yeah, hey, you, you sound like you have a great story. Blah 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 blah, and this that, and the other, and then either I don't hear back or hey, we talked with uh, the rest of our crew and it's not a good fit. It's not in our niche. It's not this. It's not that. Blah 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 blah, but this that, and the other. So you know, whenever I see a random post, it kind of like hey, you know, we'll talk about anything. Like okay, well, let me give it a shot and. I think it's important to be able to have these conversations and not sound like I'm some uh, sex crazed person or some kind of sex maniac that all I want to do is have sex, but realize that, hey, you know, addiction is a problem and it comes in many forms. Sometimes exactly. you don't yeah. even notice it. You can't tell, Other, mm. you know, like with um, food addiction. Well, yeah, you tell someone's overweight But uh, with intercourse addiction. How can you tell? How do you see it? You know, you, you can't tell. Mm.
0: Yeah, and and it can cause damage to your life just as much. As you said, um, addiction comes in many forms, and I'm glad you were able to talk to us about this because we shouldn't put any stigma on whatever type of addiction it is. I'm sorry that you went through this for so long, and I don't know if you were able to get a support system Uh, up to now but I really hope that you're able to stay on this path you may have a lot of things in your life maybe that's why somebody out there is watching out for you um yeah I would like to think of it that way and uh yeah uh please always wear a helmet (laughs) (laughs) yeah um thank you very much uh is there anything else you would like to let us know
2: I don't know if
3: I mentioned this because I yeah I dealing with a couple emails, but no, okay. I'm usually down to do six hours. Like I I've, I've put it out there. Oh, hey, really? whoever wants to record for six hours right now, the record's like two hours, 50 minutes. So, but, uh, no, I, I'm glad to be coming on here. It was nice to have someone that, you know, also speaks Spanish and kind of has an understanding of my background and Latino culture, and whatever. Mm. And for myself, you know, I just have a podcast. It's been on hiatus, but I need to bring it back. It's, uh, are my favorite. What's, the, what's the name of it? About
0: Sorry, what's the name Sucias? of the podcast?
3: Sucias? Sucias? Okay. are my favorite. <laughs> um, but I'm going, to, <laughs> I'm going to trim it down to just Sucias because it's kind of long
2: and it's easier like just to have
3: Sucias pod than I like that, I like the that. whole Sucias are my favorite. But uh, there I usually talk about uh, life, dating, and relationship advice. But now I'm just going to open it up and talk about whatever I'm in the mood for and mm-hmm. probably do some kind of like Reddit commentary because uh, – A problem I've had on Reddit is if I say what I really think, Mm -hmm. I usually get downvoted. Sometimes I'll get kind of, oh my God, that's great advice. That really works, blah, 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 blah. And I'll give an example. Um, You know, something that's depending on the subreddit. If it's like um, uh, mostly female or mostly left type uh, politically uh, subreddit and they ask, oh, what's the best advice you got? I, I have two. My mom gave me one, and my father gave me one. For my mother, it was whether you're with her for and um, whether you're with her for an hour or the rest of your life, make her feel like she's the only one. Mm-hmm. For my father, I got women are born with the pussy. They yeah, <laughs> another one. Now on the left, oh my god, it gets downvoted. Right um, on others, like oh my god, I really needed to hear this, where they're more male centric. And so I think it's advice that kind of worked and it's not just about sex. And in both cases in relationships or whatever, women want to need to feel wanted, not all, but generally speaking, Mm -hmm. women need to feel wanted. They need to know that they're, they're attractive, that they're sexy, that they're worthy of their partner's attention. That's always like the important thing. Right. And with the other side of my father's um, piece of advice, it's not just that women want a masculine men, generally speaking, but at the same time, if you're masculine in yourself, if you're set in your, in your, in your confidence, you know what your value is, you know that, um, that you can take care and provide and have the confidence to be masculine, to be a protector, then you're going to have a better hierarchy in the male or better um, outcome in life because you can't be an effeminate male and succeed in the world generally you know sure if you're a, an effeminate male in a female industry yeah you're going to be fine but for the most part you've got to deal with everything else in the world and you have to be able to change your own tire and do all these other things and you know fix things and, and take care of yourself because no one's going to come do it for you as a man no one's going to come and and be captain save a hoe for a guy if a girl has a flat tire on the side of the road someone some guy's going to stop and help her if i'm on the side of the road and my hood is up, but oh, shit, I'm there all by myself till I get someone to show up.
0: I see what you're saying, and uh, I don't have that life experience mm-hmm. as a man, but I was actually talking to my sister recently, I think it was recently I was talking with her, that, um, that being a man, of course... Let's say socially, there's a lot of things that could be, let's say, easier. But there's a lot of other types of pressure that I wouldn't like to deal with, you know, growing up as a woman. Nobody, I've heard somebody, I don't know if this goes along with what, uh, along the line of what you're saying, but, you know, first of all, as you mentioned the subreddit thing, I really hate it when people just downvote because they don't necessarily understand or they don't want to engage. And it's just like I don't like that, and just downvote. That's not <laughs> that's not what the downvote should be. Or used they see for. There's a
3: lot, of, or or they see the numbers like negative twenty, and they just downvote without even reading. Right. Know? That that's that's another thing it's that pile oh, up. That's apparently no. Everybody doesn't like it, so I'm also going to not like it. Right. But anyways, but yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, like you, I don't know if you agree with this, but um, women, we don't have to prove our womanhood, but men mm-hmm. have to prove their men every day. You know, like I don't know if necessarily you agree with that, but that's something that gave me something, that, that's something that I heard that stayed in my mind and uh, standards put on us and different pressures, but I guess our identity isn't really questioned as much as, uh, let's say, a cis man, man's could be. You
3: know? so, sorry no i'm just trying to use it. It, you know, just, just just this yeah i'm trying to be politically correct i get it do Clear. We, why do we have to be? you <laughs> know to man is be- a man a woman's a woman
0: see this is why uh-huh. you get in trouble on reddit <laughs>
2: exactly and so
3: it's kind of like and then if you go into the other one uh i think it's called rumble but whatever the other one is you know it's kind of similar it's super to the right Wow, you know, no one wants to listen. No one wants to meet in the middle, or even have the conversations, and that's frustrating it because is. you know everybody's got this buzzword of like, "Oh, communication, communication," but no one's really communicating. They're just waiting for their turn to speak instead of trying mm. to understand the other person.
0: Especially now, we're supposed to be becoming more aware, becoming more aware of, as you said, communication or mental health and all these things. Yet we put these barriers about what we choose that we can talk about. Or who we can talk about, um, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I say always, yeah. You know, I my sister, said, by the way, she has COVID right now, <laughs> so she's <laughs> a little bit more
1: quiet than I'm, usual. <laughs> yeah, my sinuses are getting to me, so like I don't want weird noises to come out. <laughs> but,
0: but we talk about um, a lot about how I see people around me also like just cut off other. people People because they disagree mm-hmm. or just don't want to listen to even a podcast, you know, uh, or, a, let's say if a podcast has a guest and I know this person is uh, right leaning, which I'm not, I'm not right leaning. I, it's just like, oh, I don't listen to that. Oh, I don't listen to that. And it's like, how are you going to know where they get you? Not everybody's mm-hmm. born, whichever side. There's a certain point at which you're like, well, I, I don't know, this part I don't really agree with, but how are you going to know, uh, what that person's thinking if you don't listen to them, or if you just hear the buzzwords as you say, you know, there's a lot of divisiveness. But, but maybe there doesn't need to be so much divisiveness. Maybe we're just kind of thinking that we're more divided than we really are um, because we block out the other the other side, or or just downvote, <laughs> go around downvoting mm-hmm. everyone. <laughs> Carol, are you there? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. I was like, well, well, you know, uh, our guest was talking and telling us his, his stories and stuff. I was like struggling to breathe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she was I, also going through breathe. a near death experience. <laughs> Suffocating.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I could breathe through my mouth, but you know, it's not that comfortable. But <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh,
1: so sorry if there's any like noises.
2: No, no, no. no. That's
1: me. I survived.
2: (laughs) survived. COVID. See, we're all survivors.
1: (laughs) COVID was 2020. And I survived three years. Three and a half years without getting it. And now I'm getting it. Right before Christmas, too. Right before Christmas.
3: Just ruining it. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I I caught it twice. And both times I I was like, oh, man, I don't feel good. I feel tired. Took a nap and I was fine. You know, when I got up, I... Didn't have the symptoms. I just felt tired. Like growing up, I've only been sick once. I had uh, or twice. I had chicken pox as a kid, pneumonia, in basic training, and then COVID twice. And oh, wow. all of those, I healed a lot faster than average.
2: Mm-hmm. And it was like,
3: wait, you're you're already done. You you're you're fine. I was like, yeah, I don't feel anything. Um, mm-hmm. I always wondered if that's kind of part of the being protected part too. So right. who knows? Mm-hmm. you were in service. Yes, I was, uh, I got out, I was, actually I was supposed to get out on 9-11, but uh, wow. I was stuck in for another week, yeah.
0: That's, that's also maybe another story. <laughs> no, there's,
2: sure.
3: yeah, there's a lot of stories. I'm
0: sure. From this, you sound like you have learned a lot, you haven't just gone through life, but you, you're looking back on it and trying to maybe make things, some things better, you know, that's, that's really good and everybody gets that chance, that's really, mm-hmm. maybe, like I said, you know, maybe something is really looking off for you you
3: know yeah i think yeah,
0: so i wouldn't doubt that all right so is it okay um, if we start to wrap it up soon Yeah, right, i'm not, not try to kick you out <laughs> no it's fine <laughs> just uh, so okay so uh, as i said you know i'm in i'm in japan and right now for me it's 1:12 and i have two kids and they're going to start coming home today they have early leave around 1:30 they should be oh, getting okay. here yeah, you're gonna ruin my party. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> so, oh, um, before I go, like right now, so where where you live right now? You you have moved there recently, or because you mentioned you were living in Texas too?
3: Yeah, so I grew up in Texas. I live in Reno. Uh, I've been out here since 2017. Tesla suckered me out here uh, during COVID. I got a severance package, and so then now I'm just kind of, eh, you know, I'm just semi-retired. Work because I get bored, not because I have to. Um, so I just kind of edit videos for a friend
2: of mine. So. Oh yeah, you mm.
0: mentioned something about that you were doing video editing. She's mm-hmm. <laughs> dying over that.
2: <laughs>
1: um, yeah, sorry, I wasn't able really to to speak too much today.
0: <laughs> I just didn't want to stay another time. Oh cool, cool. You have a lot of a lot of things to tell me about a lot also. Of other
2: stories, yeah.
0: I remember reading that you mentioned something about almost getting shot by a cop. A Texas oh, State Trooper, yeah. You have to be back. <laughs> I mean we the stuff that we were talking about before you long on was me peeing in my pants. <laughs> 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 okay, so how many times have you been I was <laughs> <No, just> kidding? <laughs> just I realize that it's a bit more often than it should be. <laughs> In my case, in her case, yeah. See, so we need better stories than that.
2: (laughs) Right. (laughs) All
0: right. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much and for being so so open with us. Oh, yeah. And your podcast is Sucias, and I'm sure it's available anywhere you can download podcasts.
3: um, On video or on Spotify, YouTube ish, because I'm kind of not hesitant. I just don't pay attention to posts there all the time because. Spotify one video and then it goes everywhere. It'll probably just be susias by the time you read this or okay. hear this.
0: All right, everyone, susias. Um, everyone, everyone, all of my listeners. I <laughs> sounds so important. Um, <laughs> everyone, uh, please go and take a listen at susias. Are my favorite or susias? And I will definitely be, you know, uh, downloading and listening to them, subscribing. Thank you again very much, uh, our friend of the pod, <laughs> Gallo well, that is I'll your name, right? You mentioned that. Is that true? Yeah. Wow.
3: Yes. Is there um, any reason? We'll save that for the next time.
0: The next oh, yes, time. yes, yes. Good one, good is one. Is that
3: there? We can go because it's a long story. It really is. Oh, why
0: I changed it. Yeah, definitely. We want to give it some time. So, yeah, what okay. were you saying, Carol, about <clears throat> the. Um, what was it?
1: Midnight Mass? Yeah, because oh, yeah, she's then, like, a nosavo called... kid. I'm a nosavo <laughs> kid. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so we were talking. Elise was mentioning midnight mass, but she couldn't remember the English word midnight mass, so she was saying misa de gallo. And then I was trying to think of like translating it directly, but I couldn't remember the word rooster, so I was gonna say <laughs> cock mass, and I'm like, that's,
0: <laughs> that's not religion friendly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then so I'm really, um, I have to uh write to you and then we, we have to set a set a time at, again for another session. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well wow, that was that was intense.
1: Yeah, I had no idea what it was gonna be about, so I'm just you know, hearing the story progress and then, you know, the, the turns that it
0: took. I'm like, oh I'm very thankful with his openness to say everything yeah. and
2: yeah to also, hear about his that.
1: willingness to kind of like try to bring awareness to you know, the subject definitely um and yeah. something that's you know very personal and um
0: you know kind of difficult to talk to talk about openly it's yeah. really great yeah so this is a <coughs> new podcast called here for you and oh. uh, yeah, wow, you just found out. No, I just have the
1: memory of a goldfish. Um,
0: our email address is hereforyou.pod4 at gmail.com, and we are in Gmail because we are poor. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yes, one more time. Uh, here Hereforyou, h-e-r-e-f-o-r-y-o-u.pod4 at gmail.com anything really that you want to get out of your chest that you would like to share something that you haven't been able to say we can be anonymous here just let us know your name or your core name can I have a code name for when I tell my P story I think everybody knows this you Damn it. I think I already said well do I have a core name I think it's too late. <laughs> All right see you everyone stay classy <laughs> don't be your bad.